What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. It's been a while. Here we are a couple months later after I came to you guys about the open house recap, talking about Luke Martin getting hired. He's done a great job with football so far. We are in the midst of that season and a really good start to the football season. But a lot has happened in the Saluki basketball world over these last two months. A lot to talk about, but mainly something big that has happened in regards to the 2023-2024 schedule release. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, so many months you weren't here to join me on the last one whenever I did talk about the open house because I did go solo on that. So it's been a while for you to be on here, and we are in the midst of football, but an exciting time for basketball. Clearly, we're not too far away. Everybody has started their full practices today, and it's ramping up. Noah will be here before we know it in this exciting season, I think. What's going on? Yeah, definitely exciting, especially, I mean, it feels like we're always the last team in the conference to release their full schedule. Then, obviously, last week we get the full non-con, so we got the full schedule, and here it is. I mean, um, first day of practice for everybody around the around the country, and it's just exciting to see it. Uh, like you said, we're in full football mode right now, but it's exciting to see. And we've been seeing a little bit of Brian about had Troy on in in the in the dog pound and stuff like that. So starting to ramp up here and seeing the schedule with uh, the record amount of home games is very exciting. Yeah, Brian talked earlier about – he's been talking over the last couple of weeks. They've been putting a lot of content out there of the team and videos and such about, you know, how far they've come, how much more they have to go, the chemistry they have to build up, and, like, the team, uh, you know, scheme-wise and what they want to do with these new players and talk about how the veterans are really good towards the, the new guys and the young guys. And it's a lot of good content. We've been retweeting it all. You guys have seen it so far. But – Yes, the schedule, which is everything we've been. We talked to coach, uh, you know, our sources about it leading up to this. We've bugged people for off season about players. Now we have the full team. You're right. We're always the last team to come up with a schedule or a roster. Obviously, that wasn't fully the case, but we're one of the last ones. But yes, we'll dive into that mainly. A lot of other stuff around the valley, tons around the valley, and then we'll try to end a final topic. We usually have done that over the off season. A final topics, and this time the Blue Ribbon Committee has had their early projections. And as well, the Almanac had their preseason predictions. We'll try to just finish with that here along the way. But let's talk about stuff. Before we get into the schedule, let's talk about a couple of things. We'll talk about stuff with the current team. But before we get into guys who are on the team, Noah, it was brought to our attention not too long ago about a guy who's not on the team anymore. And I guess we haven't really got a full indication. You know, they're not going to show the likes of, you know, this player a ton on their videos and such, but... Uh, Noah, he's a roster subtraction nonetheless. And again, it brought to our attention recently, and the roster proves it, Noah. Who is not on the team anymore as of today? Yeah, just a walk on, but uh, J.R. Jacobs um, off the roster. Um, kind of surprising that he eventually um, would maybe find a, a small role down the line, but um, very talented guy. Could have one of those undersized guys that you usually see go to the Juco ranks before headed to D one, but um, it's kind of shocking to see. I thought he would stay with it. I mean, Chris cross now being in the only walk on on the team right now. So um, usually see more than one walk on, on a team, but he is officially gone. Not sure the reason why there was no 
announcement or anything or he hasn't said anything. Um, I think he changed his ex-profile picture to um, when he was back in high school. So that, that tells you right then and there that he's gone officially. Yeah, and I, you know, maybe he's looking for greener pastures. He is kind of a talented guy. We talked about him when we landed him, and it was surprising that he would come here to be a walk-on. And he's learned a lot in his, what, one year, two years he was here. And, uh, you know, he's probably looking to get on scholarship somewhere. You're right. We kind of – you touched on it a lot of the potential of it, knowing that what our guards could be. This is before, obviously, we had a full team. Maybe he can earn a scholarship. And we know Chris Cross is a legacy guy. He'll forever be a walk-on, and he's already a way upperclassman now. And – those guys are the jokesters and Jr. and Chris have brought a lot of, um, you know, it's, you know, loosened up, I guess, this team over the last couple of years, but yeah, Jr. not on the team. It's not the overly big a deal, but it's clearly something we have to mention just because he's part of the team. And some people know who he is. You're right. We haven't seen he's changed some stuff on his X account. We're not sure what he's doing, but wanted to talk about that because it is notable. Like I said, it is a subtraction nonetheless. So good luck to Jr. Jacobs and his future. Noah, some other things here, some notable things that we've noticed over the last, you know, little bit. And clearly we remember going back to uh, witnessing uh, Xavier having a big old brace on his leg around the open house. And they were telling us then, to, which I can't believe it's already been two or, you know, it's over, over two months ago it's been now. And talk about how he was going to be okay. He slipped on a wet spot, blah, blah, blah. And here we are, and he's got his brace off, and he's – you know, he's been off to the side a lot, even when he did kind of have his brace still on just a couple of weeks up to a month ago. He was working off to the side in some videos. Uh, but now it appears he's doing more. He's passing the ball. He looks like he's moving a little bit more. And he looks like he's, he, he will be full go by the season. We still got clearly a little bit to go and he looks good to go. But no, there's been some other guys that have landed in boots themselves. We first noticed it. I forgot what kind of post it was a month or so ago, but we noticed Troy who recently, as you said, was in the dog pound, and it was his birthday recently. Uh, Troy D'Amico was in a boot for a while there in some of the pictures, but he has had that off, but have noticed that he, he had like a, a small blue cast on. That was whenever we saw these players in the community a lot. I had a tweet about that, what, a day ago or two days ago about how awesome they've done. We saw Yovan, Trent, and Chris in something recently. We've seen them do nevability. We've seen them at the Ducoin State Fair. Seeing a lot of this stuff, we mentioned how great that is, but you know that I that's when I noticed when they were picking up trash that Troy had a brace on. But Noah Cade also had a had a boot on, which we noticed when he was at the fair, and he didn't have it on in media when they were posing for something we'll get to in a second. But obviously that's that's of notable for sure. Of but no, I think clearly seeing X getting involved because you don't want your starting point guard to be kind of late to the party due to injury leading up to a season when you have a lot of fresh new guards. It's good to see X have the brace off, getting a little bit of action. And, you know, of course, we're not going to have any other content to tell us how or why Kate and Troy were in boots. No, but it looks like everyone's getting healthy for this season. That's a good sign. Yeah, definitely. I always feel like um, we have right before the season or a little little nagging injury with somebody here and there. But um, good seeing – starting to get guys healthy because we know how they push them in practice. And I think uh, the video – I think it was like three days ago. It was um, X kind of just still coaching, yelling, and just like being a leader. I don't know if that's just him being a leader or if he was just like he's still trying to get back and just coaching um, and helping the younger guards out as of right now. 
Yeah, and that's the biggest thing for sure. Uh, we touched on Brian talking recently about the veterans, uh, you know, doing being good for that. I guess if X wasn't doing it, Trent was there to do it. So that's all a good sign. So that's, of course, notable re- leading up to the, you know, what these injuries had been. You're right. It's always somebody. And we said that when X was hurt, now it's two other guys. But everyone else is healthy. We've been seeing the workouts. Everybody looks Everybody looks good. There's been some some videos of some guys making shots, some videos of some guys, you know, Duncan, just the typical stuff, you know, that will ramp up more as the season comes on about what we like about seeing a lot of different guys doing different things. But the content has been good for the for the team. So that's kind of a status report where we stand. And obviously over time, like I said, we'll have more of this. Uh, like I said, they've been killing it in the community as we've seen. Noah, segueing to something else new that's happened. It seems like it happens every year. If we can go back, I want to say the first couple years of the Brian era, we had the same uniforms, but it came to our attention. They silk equipment kind of sneak peeked it, um, you know, however long before they fully announced it. But no, New Jersey's. And like I said, it happens a lot. And these are interesting. Uh, like I said, when they sneak peeked it, we weren't sure. And no new road and new home jerseys are kind of looking for a throwback look, I suppose. Uh, these are clearly important to talk about because they've been showcasing them a lot lately. What are our initial thoughts on these? Like I said, they've kind of they look like the kind of fabric we've seen over the course of our lives for jerseys that kind of have a practice jersey vibe just by the mesh kind of whatever that they are. But no, I think they'll be touched up more and more as time goes on. And we're clearly we're only seeing one of them showcase more than the other. No, what do you think of these new jerseys that again, they're like the third the third one in the last five years? Yeah, definitely when they first were sneak peeking them and stuff like that. Um, they def- definitely look pretty cheap and look like a they were made in China or something, one of those fake knockoff jerseys you buy of one of your favorite players. But um, after them re- really releasing them and showing the players in them, um, I like them a little bit better, but they definitely will be touched up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we see the maroon, the road jerseys a lot better, more than the whites, but um, you saw the Trent Brown white one. And uh, it's a definitely a new look, obviously, and hopefully they can touch them up a little more before the season. Yeah, I don't think it did it any justice putting them on a mannequin compared to having a player showcase them right away. But the, the best part about them is the fact that they say Southern Illinois on them, and they do look like old school. Um, but that's been the main thing I've hated are Saluki's road jerseys the last couple of years because – I, it's kind of a weird thing, I suppose. I'm not like everybody else and how this should be, but I feel like you should have like the the town or school on the road jerseys, and then you should always have your nickname on the home, and that's what they're going with here. But, uh, yeah, initially wasn't sure, and we have not seen much of the white, even on Trent's number four. Don't really like how it's colored in on the four there. Uh, and, again, until we see the players in them, we won't really 100% know, but initial thoughts till we see them on them and as the season gets going and exhibitions leading up to the first game, I think we'll we'll start to like them and I'm all for New Jerseys, but again, we're we're switching them up all the time and we'll see if these stick, but I do love the road way more than the home. I'm sure a lot of people feel that way as well and they were, they were only deeming these this upcoming season, so maybe it's just a test run and we know Under Armour Kind of isn't the best with jersey makes, but it is what it is. We'll stick them with Under Armour. But initial thoughts are we're kind of eh on them, but love the roads. Like I said, we'll like them as time goes on here, it seems like. So, Noah, before we dive into clearly everything else around the Valley, just stuff that we'll kind of run through quicker 
as time. Let's spend most of our time here, as it should, on this theme podcast, talking about the announced 2023 and 2024 schedule. As we know, we knew about the MTE back in what it seems like May, uh, and we we know about those teams coming up, and we'll dive into what dates those are. But no, it took a long time to 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 bring out the non conference. It it took maybe what a week that they announced non con before the official came out. So it takes a long time. Brian was talking about how it is a struggle to do a schedule every single year in a lot of different facets. But no, the biggest thing to jump off before we dive into some games and tough stretches and what some of them are. Because clearly we knew about some of these leading up to it, but no, we noticed there's no Power 5 road game. That's the biggest thing we've been looking for leading up to this. And I remember I've talked on here about talking to Brian at the uh, open house saying that nobody wanted to play us because I did ask him about that. And it was a process of what that could be. Clearly didn't come to fruition. No, I think that's the biggest thing to take from it. I'll have some notes over over the time of talking about this where Brian has said more about it. Uh, But no, your initial thoughts on this, your favorite games – that you've seen we, we can get more into like a you can give like a, a an early prediction thing we've been talking about what our what what we want our over under on wins to begin you can touch on that we'll dive into that over time and know your initial first thoughts on the full schedule for this year yeah definitely thought um obviously right away it's the we talked about the record amount of home games with it being having 18 home games tim learner's talked about that um obviously with the record number of home games it's the best home non-conference we've had um getting go then the road game your best road game at wichita going back to wichita former conference rival getting to play them again then just getting some getting to see a little bit some new teams i mean obviously we see them in football north Dakota state they've had some really good teams over the years Austin P. We see them saw them in football this year already, and they have a pretty good basketball team with um, their new coach and the transfers they got. So, against see some new teams. Obviously, you got the non D one because of the MTE, but um, still waiting to hear schedule wise if we can get any good scrimmages to start the year like we had last year. Yeah, and that's clearly, I think, we talked about it a lot last year, how that propelled us and helped us against Oklahoma State, against other just awesome teams to propel us to a 23-win season. Those helped, and, yeah, they did touch on we will have those. Jeff Goodman always has the articles for uh, for secret scrimmages that we'll end up seeing and knowing about over time. So, yes, that will kick off the season before this. But let's talk about the non-con first before we segue to the conference, but – uh, yes, since no Power 5, you're right, it was a non-D1, and that is Kentucky State. That is the first game we will have this year on November 6th. Don't know much about them now, but no, the next team we play four days later is Queens. Looked into them a little bit. Clearly, over time, we'll dive into them more, but they're a new uh, Division One team. They were last year. They actually finished in the middle of their conference. I'm not looking at it now to see what exactly what exact conference they're in. Again, I forgot, but – since they were new and you would think, okay, a new D1 team, you're going to finish last. They finished in the middle. So I think Brian maybe touched on them or somebody did about how they're actually, you know, decent. They're not the worst of the worst. Clearly it's a team you expect to dominate, but it's one of those where it's like, okay, it's not the worst thing in the world. That's whenever we knew about them before we knew about some others, but then over the next game also Chicago state, we know they have two five-star brothers coming in. We played them last year, destroyed them, looking to do that again, but clearly they're a little bit more talented. Uh, 
that'll be an interesting game. So you expect to dominate. I wonder what the margin of victory should be in those first three games. Should be really high. And then we head to Cancun where we played James Madison, looked into them a little bit more. They might have the preseason player of the year on their team. Uh, they're picked at the top of their league. Brian touched on them and some of these other ones that of the non-con that will be picked first or around the top of their respective conferences. You know, James Madison's a good team and haven't looked at much of Fresno State or New Mexico State. We've kind of talked about them already. But remember, New Mexico State was going through that crazy times last year of like suspending the rest of their season. So that was just a weird get itself. But Noah, your quick thoughts on everything or those games I just went through and clearly that home stretch of before you mentioned Austin P, which is a great game. Are those two special home games that we're having back to back along with uh, everything else in that tough stretch and non-con as well as that first conference game, Noah, your thoughts leading up to all that and that stretch of games. Yeah, definitely think those first three games um, with a brand new team getting to use those three, three games to find a rhythm and, just toy with some rotations to start the season. So like the like how you start that. Uh, then James Madison, like you said, really good basketball team. Um, then yeah, that that first we knew we were gonna get a, a conference game in the middle. And I guess with our schedule, we only get one. So until the end of December when we play UIC. Um, but that stretch right there after that MTE, I mean, at Indiana State, home versus SLU on a Saturday, then follow up on short rest on a Tuesday to play Oklahoma State at home. Um, then you get a week off before you get Austin P and at Wichita in the same week. That's a really good stretch of basketball. I mean, it sucks. Obviously, you get SLU on a Saturday. That's a really good one. Excited for that, but was really hoping for that Oklahoma State to be on the the weekend, that's probably the biggest disappointment in the non-con you would look at. Yeah, no doubt. That game should be on a Friday, Saturday night, or even a Sunday kind of thing. Uh, the fact that we have them in general is clearly a special thing. It's crazy more and more that they're coming here, and it'll be even crazier once the time comes. But that stretch for sure, It's if we want to go undefeated and win that Cancun Challenge – uh, which would be clearly a great thing, but then you want to segue. You want to at least go two and one clearly in that, uh, which that's the thing. You play the toughest team first in James Madison. If you beat them, you like your chances against the others. Uh, but exactly right after right after that, you got the highly touted, good again Indiana State team. They're going to be picked really high in the league this year. That's you know at the Holman Center. We won. We were able to win there last year. Some great matchups between the two teams last year. That's tough. And then, yeah, the back-to-back games. Well, interesting to see how SLU is going to be this year. They lost so many veterans. They're still talented. They got young guys. I would hopefully expect to win that game, get some revenge on them since we haven't beat them in forever. Oklahoma State, you, they would be expecting to come here and win. We expect the crowd to be incredible for that no matter Tuesday night. That's why they're like, okay, we can put it, put it there. It's probably just the, the most convenient for Oklahoma State to come, which is unfortunate. It's all about what they're – able to do most, which, again, no matter what, is fine. And then, yeah, you segue to Austin P. They got all the Northwestern State players. They have Hansel Emanuel, who's that one-handed player that we see on social media all the time. We'll dive into more of them. But just the talent is crazy. So you get a top four team in the Valley in Indiana State, and then you have those crazy home games. Just the fact that you said it earlier, 18 home games is crazy. One road non-conference game is wild. 
you're only going to be on the besides going to Cancun, you're going to be on the road twice out of your first. I mean, I'm counting here at least you know ten games. So that, that's wild in and of itself. You got to take advantage of home games. We'll get to that later on down the road. But that Wichita State game, we found out kind of later in the process, getting seventy five thousand dollars to play them, which is a good buy game. They will think it is for us. It will be a crazy game going in there. Brian said how the atmosphere will, will test this group at that point, but we'll already be through a juggernaut. So we'll see how the team would be at that point. That's December 16th. Three days later, you said it, hosting North Dakota State. They don't have uh, old boy anymore. I'm blanking on his name. Went to Alabama, but they do have talent. And then there are revenge on USI, which is clearly what we want to have a couple of days before Christmas. We want to dominate them when they're looking new as, as well. One of their best players went to Indiana State. We'll see them there. But an overall good non-conference. I'd put it up there clearly with one of the best in the league. Uh, we've talked about that again. Clearly, if you're able to host a Power 5 team, you're already up there for the most part. A lot of other teams have Power 5 road games, though, as well. Uh, so over time, when we get to the Valley, we'll maybe talk about you know what some of their other games are. But, Noah, if you look through the, the conference schedule here, and it's it's got its own rough stretches as well. Uh, you know, kind of at the start, all depending. You, I mean, again, you get to just ride at home the start of conference season of that regard into the new year. But then you're at home, a couple winnable games for sure. No other back-to-back really, really tough home games against two top teams. And then you got to go on the road January 20th at maybe pick the top team in the league. No, that stretch right there might be the toughest of the year. What else sticks out to you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we all know, we always know now that there's going to be two teams that, um, you only play once, and this year we don't have to take the trip to Springfield, Missouri. That's a plus, um, even though we won there last year and always really good games against Missouri State there. But then the other one, it's a very unfortunate because it's, it's, it's a win off. It's an automatic win almost off the off our schedule is you get to go to Evansville, which is always good. It's a Sunday this year. Get the trip over to Evansville. It's always a good trip over there. Watch the Salukis, but – um, they don't get to come here to Carbondale so we can get an easy win in conference play. But, um, yeah, that stretch you were talking about, I mean, even before that, after the home game against Belmont, two trips to Illinois State, we know how that went last year, then feels feels like always Valpo is never a fun place to play, and they have a brand-new coach, a new team, so it should be interesting. But, yeah, the Drake Drake Bradley at you and I, we know how you and I at you and I went last year was not fun. So um, definitely a rough patch right there. Yeah. And again, it's all about how you are at home, because if we go two and one out of that stretch, it'd be fantastic. Winning at Cedar Falls is really hard and then beating two top teams again. And so, so that's clearly the the toughest conference part of the schedule. You'd put that up there with the three straight of Sulu, Oklahoma State, Austin P to end their own right. But those three stretches on both conference and non-conference are easily the hardest you said it, yeah, those two first road games after Indiana State are hard. And then after that stretch, you know, it kind of eases up a little bit. I mean, it's really not. There's really only what? We'll talk about it down the road more, but like three teams you know you should beat. You said it. I'm glad you mentioned of who we play once or the two teams we only play once. And it it does not benefit that we only get Evansville only once. We don't get them twice. You're right. And the Missouri State, it's always hard to win Springfield. We've been lucky to do it last year, as you said. And uh, we're, we were always interested to see who those were because we said, well, Missouri State always makes sense because they're the furthest away uh, besides one of the Iowa schools, but they were never going to take a couple of the, you know, either the Iowa schools off of us only once 
We knew we were going to play Belmont this year, and it's unfortunate at Nashville. It's February 14, which is a Wednesday night. It doesn't really matter in that regard. We'll try to make that no matter what, but just the fact that everybody wants to play Belmont uh, in a weekend so you can enjoy Nashville and such. So that's unfortunate as well, but uh, you know, we'll try to look to go to, to Chicago again. We were kind of narrow, narrowing down because clearly we're not going to be able to go to many road non-conferences, only one, not going to Wichita. But then the fact that that's always been fun to do. We don't have SEMO this year, which is a disappointment. Should have hosted them. I would have even loved to accept, you know, take away a Queens and you're at Austin P and you host SEMO. That just would have made it even great. I just can't believe we don't play SEMO or SIUE or somebody like that. Definitely the Red Hawks, though. Uh, but, again, that's that stretch kind of eases up after those hard games. You, you're you at Murray, which is never hard in that rivalry game. You host Missouri State at UIC, at Drew. So, there's really – actually, the more I look at it, there's really no easy stretch at all. That's what will be a good thing about the league this year is how it's – like I said, outside of three teams, you know you should beat near the bottom. Everyone else is, is fair game, and that's – that. What makes a fun conference, Noah, because clearly last year we lacked the whole of second bid league and all that stuff that everybody wants, which is the right thing to have. But, Noah, maybe this could be a year. We'll talk more about the teams as time goes on. But every te- everyone's team looks pretty good, uh, you know, of the upper echelon that we're hoping to get more bids in this year, all depending on what their non-con is and how everyone else does throughout the whole season. But, Noah, your thoughts on that and then clearly your – your final thoughts on the schedule. We were able to host Northern Iowa again on senior night, which is a bonus, I guess, but your other thoughts on it. Yeah, that's going to be a fun senior night. Uh, that's a very good matchup to get a big crowd in there. And it um, seems like we never, I just can't think in the past look, couple of years, especially under Brian last home, last game is at home. It just hasn't happened. Always feels like we're in Chicago or somewhere in the last couple of years, whether it's at Loyola or last year was at UIC. So um, getting to finish the season at home, going to trying to find some, that's not a fun little stretch. Obviously at the end, you get at Evansville, then you got at Bradley, then you and I to finish, finish the, the conference season in the year. So um, just overall, it's, it's a new, some new teams you get to see on there and a really good home schedule. Um, just a tease for our preview at some point down the road uh, for an over under. We know we said it last year and they did hit the over, but um, record record number of home games and you want to win your home game. So um, obviously with a brand new team, we won 20 last year. Not going to set it at that, but um, 18 home games, you want to set it at like 18 and a half or just as a tease for over under down the road, because if you win your home games and you, go at least 50% on the road, you'll be a very good basketball team. Yeah, and we, we even after last year, what the records were, you know, the record crowds and just the margin of victory in some games and just hectic. And we know it's always important. And we've always historically, no matter what kind of season we've had, have been awesome at home for the most part. So you kind of expect that, but you're right. 18 program record, you need to win you know, at least 15 of them. And that's no hyperbole. That's, you know, in general for the whole schedule, that's tough to ask for. But just the fact that you expect to beat the first three, you expect to beat the bottom feeders are the ones you have at home. And, you know, it's clearly Slew, Oklahoma State, Austin P, and North Dakota State. I say those all could be coin flips, some more than others, but just because some of those teams are talented. But 
again, you expect to beat some of the worst teams in, you know, in the conference at home. So it, it's tough. That will be the number we set on because last year's team with just the veterans and just the kind of star players we had that that was appropriate. And we were, we were able to meet it. It would be unfair to this group and a new group, even though on the picture, there are the four guys, uh, you know, couple in particular that have been here forever that they're clearly not the Marcuses in the land. They have more confidence with those players coming in. And that's what we'll build into leading up to the season about what people, you know, expect from us thinking will be worse than, you know, what they expect is we don't have those players anymore. That's a whole conversation we'll have later on, but just the fact that it'd be unfair to this new group to put it that high in the twenties. I agree. Even with all these home games, you definitely expect it to be pretty high. And we'll definitely settle on that officially as time goes on, but Definitely some good – I mean, they kind of did it to where I would love to see and compare, maybe we will, just in terms of who maybe has the toughest road. Clearly, there will be so many predictions for a lot of people later on next month probably. There will be the preseason poll we'll dive into at that time. But we're looking like – there's like we said, there's really no easy stretches. So, you know, I'm wondering if it's like that for everybody. It will be interesting. But overall thoughts, you know, it's besides no Power 5 road game, it's a solid, solid non-conference and, you know, again, there's no CMOs of the world, but you get Austin P. you should, you know, pick to win their conference and have talent and and so on and so forth with some of these teams. And like I said, USI will be an interesting one. Just some games you definitely expect to win, but it's definitely a fun non-conference and it looks like a, a good conference season leading up to where maybe we'll be at some point. So we'll talk more about this with official, you know, record prediction stuff way down the road, but just initial, um, definitely just initial uh, stuff on the top, like we said, the mention for the Wichita State payday, 75000 That's important to mention. So uh, it's definitely going to be fun, and we'll talk about it more as time goes on. Quickly, Brian was on a Saluki Royalty interview with Luke Martin. Luke Martin's been doing that a lot with a lot of people. Brian was on his recent one of the last couple of weeks. Talked to him about a lot of stuff, and really, you know, it's leading up to where he's been to this point. Talked a lot about Tim Leonard, how he's thankful to be the head coach here, uh, you know, balancing team bonding with uh you know in the workouts that they've had over the long off season that he says been has been interesting uh with this group he's I, I mentioned earlier he said the veterans have been great with the new guys he said Trent's back to win we were talking at first if he could be a uh you know here to get his masters or whatever but he is here to win and just continue that on but a lot of stuff we'll talk more about with the x's and o's and a lot of stuff with this new team but there's a lot of interesting uh stuff there with how we expect us to be more athletic, more athletic this year, have more length, be better on the offensive boards. Uh, he said there'll be, and this is the biggest thing. We had a lot of stagnancy on offense over the last couple of years. And he says he, he doesn't really foresee that with this team. He doesn't see a whole lot of stagnant uh, ball. There's going to be a lot of awesome ball movement. Uh, he says this team has the potential to be good or better defensively. And he says this team can play faster in transition and, all this stuff that we'll dive more and more specifically as time goes on. That's those are great signs to me about how, you know, all these things can be, but uh, you know, we'll dive into more of that as time goes on. Tim Leonard did say, speaking of those of the games on that schedule, he said that he said on Luke Martin's pod on the Saluki royalty back in a month or so ago, that they'll try to do more and more fun themes for the games this year, which is a great sign. Look for the dog pound to do even more special things. Uh Athletics did reach a $3 million in fundraising for the first time since 2011, which is a great sign. We talked about that on football a little bit. Definitely thanks to basketball doing that a whole lot from this past year to help. Promotions within the team. We, we noticed Vince Fritz is now an, a, a, officially an assistant coach. 
Great to see with him. He does an awesome job. And then Justin Inslee, who was a manager on the team recently, he got promoted to the director of basketball ops, which is a great sign for him. Uh, awesome sign for those guys getting promotion. Even Colton Susan, months ago, he posted a picture of the guys when they got there to where they were at that point, how just more bulky they're, they're showing in the weight room. That's awesome. Uh, so, no, all that with the coming team. We know Sheridan got his state title ring this offseason. Matt Painter will be here for the tip-off coming up but no all that that will lead into like I said with the current team later on but let's dive into recruiting here quickly for a little bit most of it some notable stuff here uh Brian when he was talking to Luke Martin he was talking about the great football win against NIU he said he was out recruiting and we've been seeing Jarence Howard getting a lot of tweets tagged in Noah I mean it's great to see clearly one Jarence Howard that's one of the biggest things we want Jarence to be doing your thoughts on that, and then we've had a couple of visits and a couple more offers here lately. Just dive into everything you see there, because obviously there's a big one that landed around the league that we're not too happy about, a guy we wanted really bad. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even with football in their bye week and guys out on the road recruiting, coaches have been doing a really good job at that. Um, excited to see Jarrett and Javon, Maman getting out on the road, even Brian getting to see a little bit. Um, but just had had a couple visitors. I mean, we had a uh, Javion Starwood, an Illinois Wolves guy. He visited. Um, he ended up at Wyoming. Um, then there's some other guys that potentially. I mean, we had guys that we were high on our list, but just a couple other guys. KJ Thomas, an Armarillo guy, that same place um, as Cade, and another guy we're in on in Bradenhausen. Um, headed to UT, UTEP, so staying down in Texas, staying at home. A guy we had, I've seen just a little bit of interest, a Turkish player, Karan Ifagalu, uh, committed to Utah, so um, back on August 7th. Then some other guys we were really high on um, that we wanted to land that ended up elsewhere. Um, KJ Windham and Andrew Sirivano both headed to Northwestern, so Chris Lowry strikes one of our former coaches striking, but those are really two talented guys that um, can't turn down. I mean, Angelo's staying up home at Northern Illinois and playing for um, the Chicago team, and KJ's a really talented player. Um, then the two Jacks, the two guys we wanted the most, starting with Jack Stanton, a guy we waited way too long to offer that he was here visiting with a teammate last summer before his junior year, and now he's just – he blew up, and he's headed to Princeton to play in the Ivy League. Really smart guy, so not surprised there. I mean, the run they made and stuff like that. Then a guy that it hurts seeing him in conference, um, Jack Daugherty headed to Illinois State. I mean, what Ryan Peden's done and that class he had coming in this year and now starting his 2024 class with Jack. I mean, um, that's just a really just showing he wants to – use that area around Bloomington normal and expand um, to the, I think he said 300 miles each way and he's started to do that. So that's really good, but just to update everybody what we have eight op open offers out for 2024 um, cam miles. He's a six, two guard um, ace Buckner, a six, one guard will Moore, a six, six shooting guard Brandon Housen, I mentioned a six, seven, uh, plays at the same high school as Cade, and his brothers went to Villanova. Adrian Woolley, a 6'4 shooting guard. Cameron Martin, a 6'4 guard. 
Um, Dylan Tingler, one of the newest offers, six seven. Um, then the other one is Joheem Weber, who will be committing before his play, but I think he'll be ending up elsewhere, especially with our loaded big room. Um, then uh, Illinois Wolves guy that recently took a visit and we offered as a 2025 guy, um, Bradley Longcord the third six three point guard plays for the Illinois Wolves. Offered him after the visit, so um, really cool that it's being active. Um, I mean, it always seems like we land a guy um, before the season starts, and we always have a couple commits to follow through their high school career or high school senior season. Um, so, I mean, wouldn't surprise me by the time basketball gets here that we have one, um, but maybe a year that with some younger roster guys that we wait and see what happens, then we just use the portal and not even take a freshman. But there's definitely some talented guys that, we should definitely take keep our eyes on, and if they want to come, we should off. We have already offered them, and we wouldn't say no to. I mean, there is zero doubts of everything you just said there. All of these guys, I would have loved to have. Clearly, I mean, you said it there at the end. Not sure if it's going to be twenty twenty four, but we remember back in the end of twenty twenty two, right before we even landed twenty twenty three guys that Brennan Mullen said or whoever said. That 2024 will be the year we, you know, he kind of, I'm paraphrasing, but he said 2024 would be a big year. And so that's yet to happen yet. And we remember getting Kennard last August. So it's almost been, it's been over a year since we landed him, got him through the full season. So, and then we got Sheridan in May. So it's clearly can happen at any point. These were definitely the top guys we wanted. You mentioned like Jaheim Weber still available. Braden, Braden Hauser's getting, or Housen's getting, you know, Buffalo and some other good schools. You mentioned UTEP where KJ Thomas, but yeah, they know each other. He might go there with them. Hopefully not. K trying to recruit him himself, but all those guys, even JB on Starwood, because he was, you know, he is a Wolves guy and he was on campus. He went to the, he had the, uh, the visit, put on the Jersey and stuff, headed to Wyoming and they stole Mason Walters from us too. But it's, it's definitely Northwestern guys. KJ Winham, former teammate of, of uh, Sheridan, he's a stud. Uh, you know, he's a lefty. He was he was just really good. And the fact that those guys are staying, you know, where they just go, you know, obviously at the Big Ten school, they're going to go there. But Angelo is a guy we would have wanted for a while. He did definitely. He uh, broke out and played really well. He was going to get bigger spots. We thought we had a good chance for him for a long time. And then the two Jacks are really hurtful. You said it. I mean, we should have been on Jack, Jack Stanton a while back. Maybe they were just overly confident in the ability to have him or they weren't sold on him. But he broke out as well, and he goes to Princeton, which Princeton just had an awesome run of the tournament. That has a lot to do with it, clearly. And you said he's really smart. He's going to get a perfect education there as well. So can't blame him. At least he didn't go in conference like Jack already did. And he was at the top of my list. I'm sure he was for you as well. He's got Marcus Damas qualities in high school already, and he's not even finished with the senior year. Kind of looks like him, has the play style. We know like Virginia was knocking on the door of him. Tony Bennett was a long time ago. We thought he'd go bigger. And, of course, he just lands in conference. And, yeah, shout out to Peden. We both like Peden and what he's doing there. Uh, he's got all the Power Five ties that when he was at Ohio State, even some guys they have here are from Columbus. So he's just he's just getting it going. That one hurts more than anything. But the guys that are still out there, as you said, are the – I had him here for a second. You said him already is long core because Colorado State's in on him. UNI's in on him. Illinois, Bradley, North Dakota State. And then he took visits to yeah, us and SIUE. 
funny how SIU is in there with those other schools, but he's he's good. He is twenty twenty five, so I guess clearly he's not this year. So that's looking ahead. Forgot that he was, but some good options still out there. But it's narrowing down as it does every single time, and we're not going to get lucky. We get somebody before the season, whenever uh, you know, like we did Kennard, as I said. So it's it's all unfortunate. You mentioned also, yeah, the Turkish forward that went to Utah back back in August. Uh, he was definitely good. He was a sharp shooter. He was on like their whatever national team, 18U national team. And he was a stud. It's interesting we're in on him. Jaren's needs to definitely hit the road and get some guys here. That would be nice over the course of time. And again, now that we have him, we expect to get pretty decent players. So that's a wait. That's a wait in progress. You mentioned it over the course of time here, Noah, that not only is it portal for current college players, but it's also down the road for high school. If we continue to go that road, that Jaren's could be a big part in. So it's all a wait and see. Some good players out there, but we definitely lost out on a lot of good ones that we liked a lot. Uh, segwaying here now, Noah, to other stuff, a couple of stuff on some former Salukis and some other notable stuff. We, of course, want to offer our condolences to all-time great Lance Jones, losing his father a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we had a tweet about it. Robert Jones was a big-time follower of ours. Uh, you know, He was a really nice guy. I never got the chance to meet him. We know he was going through some health battles there at the end of the season that Lance had going in his mind through the end of the season, uh, and he passed recently. So we, all, of course, want to offer our condolences to Lance and his family in this terrible time. We know he's doing awesome things at Purdue. Purdue's going to be an awesome team this year. So Lance will be playing with another heavy heart this year. So uh, Robert Jones will be missed. Rest in peace. Uh, like I said, shout out or condolences to uh, Lance and his family. I know your thoughts on that. And then his former teammate, another all-time greats doing great things and recently just got cleared to play. Yeah, just, just, it's, there's no words that can ease the pain losing somebody like that. I can't even imagine um, at Lance's age losing a parent. And as great as a guy he was interacting with him on, on Twitter and just, sometimes um seeing him in person so just crazy um at that kind of age losing him we know he was with some health issues back last year and uh wasn't able to come to senior day and just like that um he's passing then um the other guy that transferred away marks mask didn't get to play on their overseas trip with a hamstring injury um didn't wasn't was excited to see him play over there, but um, got to make the trip anyhow. So his parents went over there as well. Um, now he's first, he's back and healthy and ready to go, according to Ross, Rostein and Brad Underwood. So um, hopefully he can have a healthy year for uh, the Illini because um, definitely still waiting for their full schedules to come out, but mark it down our calendars. We'll find our way to, Purdue or Champaign for one of those games. It actually did come out. Their Big Ten schedule did. I looked at them. I don't know. I guess I thought we talked about it. Maybe not. I forgot to. I guess there were some notable games for Purdue and Illinois of like certain dates that I was going to bring up. I think that we could make. We'll talk about that more over time. But yes, two all-time greats that we want to see that matchup. And you said it there. Marcus was going through a hamstring injury, of course. Yeah, and it seemed like it was forever ago they played overseas, and it was, and they played well. We liked what they had going. We're not going to get into the Illini on an SIU pod, but we are we are fans of the Illini. It's awesome that Marcus went there. But, yes, it was. I feel like Rostin had something a month ago that he was cleared to practice, but they had, he had another tweet about him this morning saying how he's fully cleared, officially cleared for all basketball-related activities. 
according to Brad and um that tweet about obviously what he did with us. So that's a good sign, Mark. And we'll look forward to Marcus obviously seeing him this year. He posted uh, you know, on his uh he had gear for Illinois gear that he had recently. So all those guys are doing awesome things there. So always wanted to touch up and we always will for Lance and Marcus. We were hoping that one of those games could have been our power five road game. Uh, we know some teams going to Champagne, but even Purdue's sake with Lance and then Painter coming down, that would have been a perfect one, but it didn't happen. So that's quite all right. But uh, so those two are doing that. Noah noticed just some other former Salukis, some two that had obviously some some good signs with us throughout their career. Uh, Saku Dembele and Brennan Gooch. If I'm scrolling here, I just remember liking it at the time. Noah Saku, you know, had been getting more ops for, you know, playing with his international teams and such. But Noah, he, I don't know if you have it in front of you too. I don't want to put it on you if you don't have it because I'm trying to scroll here as we speak, try to find it. But Saku had a new opportunity recently. And then Noah Brennan Gooch, we, you know, wasn't really 100% sure clearly what his road could be after coming here. We know he went to McKendree and played. But it seems like Brennan Gooch is already, you know, wanting to be a coach. And Noah, he found, he found a spot for himself starting his coaching career. That's a good sign. Yeah, getting to see Saku get to play for um, the pre-Olympic qualifiers for um, his national team, um, Molly. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, I think uh, what's his name from Illinois State got to play for him as well. So uh, pretty pretty cool to see. I mean, Saku getting that kind of opportunity. Um, then yeah, Brendan Gooch getting to, his coaching career started at um, Illinois Springfield, and then we played them in a. Um, a couple of years ago in a, in a game. So pretty cool to see that. Um, yeah. Like you said, we didn't know exactly after he left here, had a, had a decent couple seasons at McKendry. Um, I think he was all conference one time and now he's getting his coaching career started and must have some connections up there. Yeah. Good for him. And it's just funny because just going back again, high school, he was tremendous, came here and underwhelmed. He was awesome. He was here in his own special role throughout his career, but you're right. Then going to McKendry, every time you leave here, I guess that's for any of our sports teams, they end up doing good things. And he was good at McKendry. And yeah, shout out to him for being uh, at UIS Athletics, being an assistant coach. Good for him. It's just some former Salukis there. Yeah, good for Saku as well doing that. Did notice recently Walt Frazier, just because he's the GOAT at SIU, uh, just because we know he's getting just up there in age. And in general, he's looking to do fewer road games for the Knicks. I think they were taking options for people to start doing more radio games with Mike Breen or TV games with Mike Breen for the Knicks, but that's a status on Walt Frazier. Uh, just in general, because we're familiar with both these teams and because it's something you spot out when it, when when schedules get rolling throughout the offseason, but SIUE and Green Bay are beginning a home-and-home home this year, which is an interesting matchup. We like what SIUE has, and clearly Green Bay with Foster Wonders and Coach Monahan, we're, we're going to be definitely tied to seeing what they do this season, see what Foster does in the role there. We know Pat will be pushing hard for him. We'll see what Foster does there and see clearly if we'll miss out on having him here, which we're both thinking that's definitely going to be the case just for the elite talent that he has. I uh, didn't say when we mentioned Slew on the schedule, we'll talk about when we play them down the road, but we know Mike Meadows, who was an option for us in the portal we were interested in this year. We thought he was going to Cal. California to join the the cool nucleus that they have going there. They took a player or two from us as well. Not exactly to this level of full transfer portal thread, but he is now at SLU, which will be something that he'll be a veteran added to that younger team, which is interesting. Wanted to add that. So that's everything of the other category of stuff, former Salukis and just other small stuff. Noah segueing to the Valley. 
there's a big topic here or just notable news that came out recently that is above and be, above and beyond everything within the Valley news wise. Like I said, we talked about what their schedules look like. We'll talk about that over time. Not going to fit it in this episode here, unless you know of some off the top of your head you want to mention, but Noah kicking off with the, the news that we weren't sure. And, uh, Harry Schrader's been doing a lot of stuff and like ranking his own like front courts, back courts of certain teams on articles lately, but he's been talking to a lot of players. He talked to Bowen Bourne recently. No one, he talked to the best player in the league and it's not even close. Clearly we know the reigning player of the year, Tucker DeVries. He said that he plans on playing a four-year career here. We know he just finished his sophomore year. He's going to only be a junior. He's going to win. He's going to win a couple more players of the year. No, this is bad news for us. Bad news for the league. Uh, Clearly, I mean, the best player, We, it, it, like I said, it's interesting whether Darren, they do well enough to where Darren gets the coach and job elsewhere and higher up and Tucker follows him there or Tucker just goes to the league. Harry kind of touched on that about NBA circles and stuff that he'd be doing. But no, clearly this is the biggest news of the league. Uh, like I said, it's bad for us. Your thoughts on that and everything else you see there for the Valley. But clearly, I think that that kicks it off, no doubt about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's crazy. Um, obviously, he's a really talented player, but. Um, just of course he's planning on playing a four year career, then probably we'll figure out how to get a fifth year because that's figure that's how Drake does things. Figure they always get extra eligibility for their players somehow. So um that's a crazy one. Then um Dalen Ridge now entered the portal, went to Wichita, Missouri State transfer, so we'll see him. Um Illinois State playing at Horton Fieldhouse again. That's pretty cool. We got to walk through there when we went up to the basketball game. Um, last year, that's a cool place to play. Um, I don't know if it's against SIUE again. That's I know that's who they played last year there. Um, then Austin Five medically retiring. We knew um, he's been battling it for a while, and just it it sucks to see because he went from a a first team All Conference big man that was a dominant force to um, now he's medically retiring. Probably going to be on that coaching staff somehow um, to just sucks sucks for it to happen like that um then just some other nuggets recruiting wise for around the conference obviously you know what jack daughtery went to mentioned him to illinois state they also already have Cade norris um a 6-3 guard from hilliard ohio another ohio connection um from when he was over there at ohio state had offers from wright state ball state Winthrop and Limscombe, so Illinois State off to a good start for their 2024 class. Uh, we know some other schools um, like Belmont off to a really good, really good start in their recruiting class. Um, starting with Owen Dillon, a six-eight power forward from Peoria, um, goes to Peoria Notre Dame High School, um, Saint Thomas Dartmouth, um, SIUE, Illinois State, Green Bay, EIU, Toledo, Bradley. Indiana State in on him. Um, then the really good player they got is um, um, a 6'3 guard and Cooper Haynes out of Briarcrest High School down in Memphis, Tennessee. This is a guy that's an elite sn- sniper from long range and has high Q. Just, of course, um, Belmont gets to steal him because they, they said in an article that coaches at Belmont uh, made him a priority campus close to home and, and play a huge role. I got got told they get to play a huge role. I mean this this is a kid that had 
interest um, from Tennessee, Loyola, Louisville, Georgetown, Georgia Tech, Kansas, Vanderbilt, Alabama, Arkansas State did have did have had the offers from Memphis, had the offers from Ole Miss, and made made a visit. I mean, just of course they tell a kid, hey. I know bigger schools are looking at you, but you can come here. You're a priority for us, and you can play a big role. We can't do that for a Jack Stanton or a Jack Daughtery. We're just going to let them go bigger. Just It sucks to see that. Um, then Indiana State, other other than that, they got um, Augustus um, Kudulis, a 6'8", big foreigner um, for 2023. So he'll be from Lithuania, so he's coming in. Not sure how much – of an impact he'll see this year. Then the other one for 2024 was Drake, who has two commits. Um, Emerson Tenner, a 5'11 guy from Memphis, Tennessee also. He had offers uh, from a lot of smaller schools, had Bradley, UT Arlington, Murray State, Rice, Arkansas State, then UT Martin and other smaller schools in on him. Um, then they also um, they got another – Andrew Burton Jr., three-star forward, um, really, really good player out of Wichita, Cam, Kansas. Um, had had some offers from SLU, Wyoming, uh, some other bigger schools, South Dakota State, and some other interest from Wichita and other other schools like that. So, a lot of Valley schools off to um, really good start to their 2024 recruiting classes obviously like ours, but um, a guy like Cooper Haynes is you can write him down and probably be freshman of the year next year. Yeah. And everyone, you know, those teams have head starts in that regard. That's the thing. Like, do you want to have, you want college experience guys, which is what we've been wanting. That's what the team has been wanting for a while, but you also go get high level players. And even knowing that what we get three stars, it's just all about how they fit into the team, how they're used. Cade was a three star. He's been, poorly used and we'll see how he's used this year. Kennard was a three-star in his own right that we stole from Bradley. So there's been some, some, some good marks, but as you said, and it is the case, if you show as a priority, you can land guys. And even, you know, we can't get lucky. We get, you know, the Stefan Jeremics of the world or, you know, whoever else, but these other guys that are getting late additions from other countries would be nice. Like if we would have landed that Turkish guy, that would have been, would have been the case with us, but it's just the fact that, you know, yeah, maybe they're not going to be parts of the current team, but still, like, they're here, they get to learn, and they'll be a big part of the future kind of thing. But uh, you're right, and it's, you know, and, and there's no doubt about it. Belmont has built up a recent over the last 20 years, at least, with the success they've had with getting to the tournament and such. But now that Ben Shepard's getting drafted in the first round, I mean, that's like what uh, Jeremy Chen to our football program. It's like guys that play that position, guys just in general – that stay in the state like he is. And it's like, I want to be like Ben Shepard. That's what we say when we get DBs in football. I want to be like Jeremy Chen. I mean, that's that's the name of the game. If you produce professionals, that'll always give you a head start on things. And it's done well for football, and it's clearly doing good with Belmont so far. If they get a guy that's gotten offers from all those great schools, I mean, it's incredible. And so to that extent, it's a little bit more than just you know, clearly, if you're the guy you really want, Casey Alexander's had a great career already, so he's got an edge on a lot of people anyway. But definitely got to show that love, and then, you know, then they will potentially do that, and that's what's huge on it. So it is a big thing, and shout out to Ben Shepard for doing what he's doing for them because that will carry them for, for forever. So, again, yeah, a lot of teams getting early 2024 20, guys on there. 
again, whether that happens with us, wait to be seen. We've already touched on the guys that we missed out on. So good stuff on the recruiting again for what everybody else is doing. It does stink seeing Fife retire because we thought he could have came back this year, but we knew kind of, and it was like a, I remember listening to interviews. It was around whenever I did the open house podcast, when they had the coaches meeting and, uh, Ben Jacobson was asked about Fife, and he said that, you know, the start of, I think it was August, that he was going to have his his checkup. So I guess that was the dagger, and we know they landed uh, – oh, boy, help me with his name – from Loyola recently that they kind of put the nail in the coffin Jacob for big so, – yeah, that kind of put the nail in the coffin of what they needed. with. So I kind of – that was writing on the wall, but he will be a coach, so we'll see with that. They, they won't need him. And then original, just because he was a late addition to the portal, and of course he goes to Wichita. We'll be seeing him this season. We know he was talented. Uh, he didn't really find a role there. So that's a lot of stuff with the Valley of player-wise. Good job again on the recruiting, like I said. But other stuff here, we met, or we mentioned how – I don't think you and I has got a non-conference. That was – I had this on here. I thought they were like the one team that didn't perhaps, but they might have put theirs out early. Uh, but, you know, we didn't weren't really sure how NBC teams did overseas. You and I for sure had them, and then nobody posted highlights or anything. So I guess everybody lost when they were over there. Some teams were doing that, but uh, oh well. And then we noticed because we, we liked listening to the Murray State Basketball Podcast this past year with Jeff Bidwell. He did a really good job with that, kept us insightful with our rival of what they had going on all the time. He is now – the new radio voice of Murray, which is cool. He's replacing Neil Bradley, who's just doing football, apparently. He's missing out because the football program's awful. And basketball will be good. So shout out to Jeff for getting that gig. He's been a Murray State lifer for a long time. So shout out to him. We like him. I mentioned Harry did his NBC unit groups recently. Won't talk about that at the moment. But he, he didn't have us on anything because, again, no one's going to – we have a lot of new faces. A lot of stars are gone. We talked about that. We're not going to be on any of those unit groups. It's all understood uh march of the arch had a pod about a couple weeks ago and they had ryan peaton on they had a lot of other stuff in their own right they'll probably talk about the schedule coming up but they did have ryan peaton on in the interview and just some notable things from that he talked about some of their players chase walker as we know the 6'9 300 pound freshman they got coming in he is i mentioned he's the one from columbus ohio had ties with peaton i'm sure but peaton said that chase is the best passing big man he's ever recruited that's no hyperbole you know Peyton's seen a lot, so that's a, definitely something notable coming in. I can honestly just picture him doing it. Uh, he'll be a problem down the road. Not sure how much he'll play this first year, but everybody remember the name Chase Walker, his big body. You you won't miss him when he's on the court in his career there. So that's notable news. And he touched on Dalton again about how they liked him when we played him, and Peyton loves the style of play that we have in our culture and stuff, so he liked bringing Dalton in for that reason. Um and we, we mentioned how Dalton's healthy, just former Saluki. We don't like him as much now because he's in conference. But they touched on Brandon Lee, which is a guy we'll talk more about with conference players over time, that from Illinois, that he was – he's kind of – what did he say? He That they're kind of having Brandon come along more and more because he learned a lot in Illinois, but he didn't play a whole lot. So they're kind of grooving him into being like a big role kind of guy. And it's, a, a, you know, a waiting, a waiting game. We know they got good bigs, and we thought he could start at the wait and see, but just some notable stuff that Peden said there for the most part. So here we are to this point. We talked about stuff with our team around the Valley, this important schedule. We'll dive into more and more as time goes on. We wanted to just come to you guys. We've been kind of pushing it off for a while, but luckily, because we were going to maybe do a non-conference pod, but thankfully Harry Schrader broke the news Wednesday of last week that on Friday they come out with the full so here we are discussing that. Like I said, everything, everything, you know, 
down the road into October when we get to certain points. But we'll talk about that at the very end. But no, let's end this. Let's end this podcast talking about the final topic of today. We'll bring up both things. The Blue Ribbon Committee came out with early projections, and the Almanac had one recently. I, I believe they're separate. You can you can definitely narrow down more of the Almanac stuff that you have that you see in front of you. I'll talk mention just because I have it on me at the Blue Ribbon Committee. And that was thanks to Northern Iowa. They had a tweet that had a link to talk about how Bowen Bourne and their team would be how it is. No, let's dive into these and just give early thoughts. They have conference teams and obviously a projections of the standings. Blue Ribbon had, of course, you and I, like I said, the reason why they posted is because they had them at first. I don't think any of us would argue that. We'll talk more about it when the polls come out. But you and I first, Drake and Bradley, two and three, Belmont, Good players coming back for four. Missouri State, of course, at five. Indiana State at six. Murray at seven. Illinois State at eight. Us at nine. UIC at 10. Evansville and Valpo finishing it out. Know your initial thoughts on this because, again, you know, people are going to view what they view on us. That's a different thing we'll have down the road. I can understand it to an extent until they find out what we're about and what team we have. Nine, nine seems a little low, but no, I mean, like I said, it's a deep league this year. Brian touched on it's a re- it's a deeper league than last year even. They have nine teams that could potentially finish in the top four this year. We There's clearly teams that have a better chance than, than most, but no, the middle of the pack there, it's going to be hard to fight for this, but are we thinking this could be maybe where we're picked in our own preseason poll? I think it's a little bit too low, but it's, it's all reasonable, I suppose. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely think, obviously, we see it a lot. Um, last year, uh, we were we were the ones that said, uh, with a brand-new team, Missouri State was picked too low. So just a lot of, about, a lot of that happening, um, seeing that kind of stuff. But, yeah, definitely think that might be a little bit too low. Obviously, things are coming along. And um, then the college basketball almanac comes out behind a paywall but we i know somebody that i guess pays for it and it had us eighth um and i just talked about just talked about trent brown and his leadership and stuff like that um but they did they did have a thing in the almanac saying um had a coach's poll and they had michael duax as of northern iowa as the breakout player this year we know what he's capable of um, the player who scares the coaches most, Bowen Bourne, obviously he can go off for um, 30 to 40 any any night. Um, best pro prospect, which is very interesting. Obviously, um, to us, you would definitely say Tucker DeVries right away, but Cade Tyson um, in the coaches poll was the best pro prospect picked. Hardest team to prepare for was Belmont. Sleeper team, Missouri State, always with a new team. It feels like they always have the talent, but what can Dana Ford do as a coach? Um, then this is the one I found very interesting. Best development staff, Southern Illinois. I mean, it just like going throughout the years, obviously you think of Lance and Marcus development wise, who we've developed and not a lot of other guys have turned out the way we want them and have went elsewhere because not good enough and just haven't found the role like they wanted. So um, definitely found that interesting. I thought maybe, um, if you were to, if I were to pick one for us through the that kind of list, I would say maybe hardest to prepare for would have been us, just because of the defensive style and, and different things we do defensively. But um, definitely some interesting stuff through the coaches. They went around the league and asked coaches. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, from a defensive standpoint, that's why the only reason why Belmont is picked for toughest team to prepare for for an offensively. You know, they're good on defense in their own right. They're an all around team and had been. 
when Ben was there for sure. But, you know, clearly it's an outside looking in thing. You know, as fans, we know a deep dive of who's here, who leaves, who really is developed or not. And I, that surprises me as well because, yeah, there's two notable ones and there's some other guys like clearly Troy D'Amico's gotten better every year. We're not sure what Scotty can do. Just thinking of guys from recent classes. But all the guys from the 2020 class are now gone. Eric Butler lasted one year. Tyler's been gone for two years. Dalton just left. Uh, then the, and then clearly the lone part of the 21 class Foster is now gone. And it's a wait and see clearly with Kennard and – or obviously with Cade and then Kennard and Sheridan. But, yeah, 100%. There's definitely been other – how about, you know, building up – I'm trying to think of some more examples. I mean – Clearly, a lot of teams who from within that don't rely on the portal that groom. I mean, Northern Iowa is a – they have to be the best development because they're consistent every year. They had a down year this year because they were so young. Anybody would have done what they did record-wise. It still showed great signs, and that's why I think they should still be picked number one for that reason, even though clearly Drake's got the player of the year. All those teams, those first three, anybody could be first. Uh, but – I agree. And I, again, that's what they look on the outside and they just say, oh, we play hard. You know, there's no doubt they do great things over there. And I'm not, you know, none of us are saying we don't do great things here, but there's definitely parts that we see more than the coaches see about, yeah, well, there's people who would leave here. It's not all sunshine and lollipops in terms of development here. We all know that. So that is surprising a little bit. Tucker is easily the top draft prospect. I like Kate Tyson. I think he's a French top five player in the league. We'll get to all those things down the road, but, um, even on here for the, the uh, Blue Ribbon had all-conference team, had Malavai, Donovan, and Tucker, Bowen, and Rob Perry. A lot of offense on that team, a lot of defense with Malavai and Donovan. I'd say, you know, Bowen is definitely somebody that scares everybody. You know, Tucker fits the role for all these, but Donovan Clay always scares me for his defensive potential, what he can do. He's on the short list of that. So, so many things with the league of returning players that you could fit on so many different things. And, they had on the Blue Ribbon, obviously, Tucker, preseason player of the year. And the newcomer of the year, Isaiah Swope, the new guard from USI that's on Indiana State that's expected to have great things this year. Uh, you mentioned Duax, definitely a breakout candidate, do even more than he was. There's a lot of different players for that. It's going to be a fun league to talk about this year. But it's it's safe to say, and we'll have our own predictions before we get uh, you know a similar just in October of when uh, – you know, when preseason polls come out, we always do our predictions before they officially do. And then we talk about it, you know, leading up to the year. But we'll do that again. And just thinking how clearly it's going to be between six and nine where we're picked. And I don't think we should be picked any higher. Teams that have a lot coming back, star players or not, should be picked ahead of us. And even, I mean, clearly Illinois State and Murray, we should be maybe a little – they have awesome guards coming back. Murray does, and Illinois State's got a lot of attorneys too. So it's like, okay. But I think those are the only teams we should be fighting for between seven and nine. I think that's where we are. March of the Arch had uh, – you know, Baker on there had us below UIC, which is criminal, absolutely criminal. Um, but, like, I think that seven through nine range is where it will be picked. That's all wait and see. We definitely will have – I don't think we'll have any top three conference teams, and that's why people are counting us out. You know, first, second, or third team, I don't think we'll have anybody on that. It'll be interesting to see if we do, not thinking so. It'll be another year for preseason. I don't think we'll have a whole lot of guys on, maybe X for defensive. Like I said, we'll talk about all that as time goes on. We like the players we have, and we'll see if they fit into the league. Into the league. Noah, your final thoughts on this? Probably said we had to come to everybody, mainly for the schedule reason. And we, we love talking about other things on here, but clearly that was the main thing of it. We know who we're playing next year. 
we're so excited for that season and a, and a special non-conference year and an interesting conference year. Noah, your final overall thoughts. Yeah, it's a exciting time seeing guys um, get back to work, obviously having some guys banged up. So hopefully they get back fully healthy and we get through camp um, healthy and ready to go for the season. Obviously um, we'll come to you guys maybe here in the next couple of weeks with more stuff. If you guys DMs always open comment on our um, posts, we make tweeting this out. So um, definitely do a mailbag pod for you guys or if stuff, obviously more and more things are going to come out with the actual poll and stuff like that. Then, um, we can even do – we didn't talk a lot about other teams non-con. I think, like you said, UNI is the only one besides their MTE where they play North Carolina has yet to come out with it, so we can do something like that as well. So, um, obviously in full football mode, but basketball is right around the corner, and that's um, this university's um, prize sport. So, um, can't wait for it to get here. Then just one other tidbit that – you and I had noticed in pictures before, but Luke Luke Martin posted a, a tweet earlier. Um, he said, been busy at Saluki Stadium this fall, but it has been um, fun to spend some time in the gym with Brian Mullen and his squad. And uh looks like still around the team, Jawan Newton. Looks like maybe he's just going to be a practice player and another leader, just be around that team. So um, good to have Juan Juan still around and be that leader and another basically coach around the team. Love Juan Juan. And you're right. We noticed that before in the, I think some of the community events, but seeing him there, he could be in development here. That just shows you, I mean, he could be a four year Evansville guy come here for one year, finish his career, love it so much that either he becomes a GA or just, he's like, he's like the smaller version of Cyrus kind of thing, which it was his birthday recently, but that's awesome to see. You're right. He posted those, seeing them. So, which by the way, their practice jerseys look better in their new home, uh, their new home official jerseys. I like those a lot more, by the way, but we'd every tweet that everybody go check that out. It's good to see. Uh, you're right. And I think here before long, we will have smaller episodes maybe. And, you know, some stuff that I talked about in the last one, that I didn't get your, your just on like just a vibe of it of like, top five players on this team you think it could be. We'll definitely dive into more and more of our team and what we expect in the season preview, but definitely leading up to that, we'll do that. Maybe do a top 10 predicted best Valley players. Just the fun stuff we always, you know, love to do. Yes. Leading up to the poll and awards, we'll predict that. We'll just have maybe some small episodes here before then, but we do love basketball. We love talking about it more around the league than we do the FCS and football as football's doing great things, we will be full-fledged on that now that the bye week's over, leading up to hopefully a special year the rest of the way. But we will come to you guys sometime next month before it leads into early November when this awesome season kicks off. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next month sometime. Go Dawks.